Hello and welcome disc golfers to the Hitting the Line podcast. Uh, my name is Jad, that's PDGA44007, and I am joined here by my brother and PDJ elder, 40514, Nasser. How you doing, Nas? How you doing, Jad? Doing well, doing well. Um, so one might ask what we're doing here, what this podcast is, and uh, why we're even making one. Nas, why, could you answer those questions for us? Yeah, Jed, I'd love to. Uh, we decided to start this podcast because we thought that we could kind of cater to a small niche, or maybe not a so small niche, of the disc golf crowd. Uh, you and I have been PDGA and disc golf uh, members and fans for 10 plus years each, and pretty much since I moved away from home, uh, you and I have texted or called or chatted back and forth about disc golf, shared videos with each other when uh, you know in, in the early tournament video days, and then when you moved here to Oregon, uh, in into my house, we both started playing a lot more disc golf, watching a lot more disc golf, and consuming a lot more disc golf content. And that's probably about the last five to six years or so. Um, and just recently, I discovered, well, I did not discover it, but uh, I found on Twitter that there is a daily fantasy sports app that features disc golf. And... Uh, so you and I being daily fantasy sports fans and huge disc golf fans, I knew instantly you would be into this. So I kind of showed it to you and for the past about month, maybe month and a half or so, we've been kind of uh, playing around on there and having a little bit of fun because we've always dreamed about uh, daily fantasy disc golf as we're playing other daily fantasy sports sites, uh, you know, football or whatever it may be. Uh, but this is something that we think is kind of right up our alley and something that I think other disc golfers out there will enjoy. And I think, um, I think it's going to be something that grows in the disc golf world, or at least I hope so. Yeah, and uh, the app we're playing on is, of course, if you have heard of it already, um, it is called Prize Picks. Um, they do uh, daily fantasy for all sports, uh, not just disc golf, but they are the uh, self-proclaimed, and it is true of what I know, um, first ever um, daily fantasy site that allows or that has daily fantasy disc golf. So that's kind of how we got here. Uh, we just started uh, um, texting more about it. Look at these lines. Is Paul McBeth going to do this good? Why are they rating Kyle Klein so low, et cetera? Um, so, yeah. Um, we always kind of were going to um, talk disc golf and move in this direction where, you know, we kind of want to uh, do something fun. I mean, if we're going to talk and spend our time all day, might as well record it. Anyways. Um, so this week we got the Portland Open. Um, it is not the um, normal course. That's that is it called. Is that called Blue Lake? Uh, in the past, there has been rounds played at Blue Lake. Uh, there's a couple courses up in the Portland area that uh, get used typically for the Port for the Portland Open. But this year, uh, things are a little bit different, as you know. Yeah, uh, due to COVID and due to some course maintenance concerns. Um, it was moved to um, the new location um, and has not been played before. It is being debuted. Um, I'm not sure if this is why, for whatever reason, Prize Picks doesn't have their lines up yet. We are recording right now as of Wednesday night. Um, we got some information from them. We actually asked them before when their lines do come out. They said the day before, the day before a tournament, which, of course, would be Wednesday nights when the tournament starts on Friday. Uh, so we're recording this right now on Wednesday. We're expecting them to have the lines up. They normally do. However, this time they do not. But 
that will not stop us from talking about the things that we would normally be texting about, like we were saying, um, when we're looking at the lines. Uh, so Nas, what are those things that we look for before we uh, pick our lines uh, through the Prize Picks app? Yeah, so some things that we've kind of started doing uh, when looking at these lines is, you know, we'll do our basic research into the courses, uh, look at any past tournaments that have been played there, see what kind of round is, you know, roughly 1,000 rated, so then we can kind of estimate, a, you know, a great 1080-type score. Um, and oftentimes, you know, maybe we're looking at player styles, what type of players we think are going to do well at a certain course uh, versus maybe another type of player. For example, i.e., like someone like Matt Bell, who did uh, very well at the uh, Santa Cruz Masters Cup this past weekend, who has not really had a ton of success so far on tour um, in the maybe longer, more bomber style courses, really crushed it in his hometown of Santa Cruz. Uh, and I would have probably predicted that ahead of time, um, but he was not featured on prize picks this week, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, so we're kind of looking at the stats that we can access on UDisc and via the Disc Golf Pro Tour websites. And looking at what players we think are maybe undervalued or overvalued via prize picks or whatever other daily fantasy sites that pick up disc golf. Um, and there's basically two main ways that you can bet or that you can, uh, you know, play entries on prize picks. Um, one is you can try to guess multiple players are going to go above or under their projected score. So, you know, if a par is 66, they might put, you know, let's say, like you said earlier, Kyle Klein, they say, uh, you know, we think he's going to shoot a 60. And you have to choose multiple players, and you have to choose one player that you think is going to go above their projected score and at least one player that you think is going to go below their projected score. And then based on how many players you pick, the payouts vary, of course, uh, and you guys can go on and check out this site. Um, but, yeah, it makes for a lot of fun discussion between you and I about what players we think they're overval overvaluing versus undervaluing and uh, making smart entries based on that information and uh, trying to make a little scratch on the side while we're watching disc golf on the weekend. And of course it is never easy um, to beat the house. Um, we all know the house has the edge. Um, of course you, the money you're playing with should be, uh, money you've set aside for fun, for entertainment. That's what this is. Uh, majority of uh, players will be losing players. Um, I mean, shoot, the first week I played, I uh, quadrupled my money um, at the OTB Open. No problem. Uh, and I've been getting wrecked ever since. Yeah, of course, I wasn't really um, practicing great bankroll management, trying to run it up. And we'll talk bankroll management skills and other things like that um, down the line sometime. Um but yeah, like I said, majority of players are losing. I had one winning weekend, and I've gotten spanked ever since. So I'm starting over fresh, actually. I'm going to be transparent with my bankroll um, throughout this podcast. Uh, I'm starting with $100. I'm going to practice good bankroll management. I'll talk about that kind of things. Um, and then I'll, we'll, I'll tell you my entries for the week, and I'm sure Nasworth will tell you his. Um, like I said, they don't have the lines up right now as of Wednesday night. Uh, so you'll hear about more about that in the future from us. But yes. Uh, we are here to do the dirty work for you. Uh, the, we, we want to record these podcasts on Wednesdays, have them up by Thursdays, give you all of Thursday to listen to our podcast. And, um, you know, we're not giving uh, investing advice. We're just telling you our opinions. If we did some good dirty work and brought you value and you enjoyed listening to us, uh, that's all we care about. Uh, so, Nas, how about you lead us off by talking 
Uh, what's the buzz around the Portland Open? Uh, how do the players like it, the courses, etc.? So the Portland Open this year is a little bit different than it has been in the past. Uh, traditionally, you would see rounds played at Blue Lake Regional Park, I believe it's called. Uh, but this year, they're actually going with a course that has never really been played before by our professionals. Uh, it's going to be a Dustin Keegan-designed course at Glendover Golf and Tennis Center. And so for us, if if we did have the lines in front of us this week, uh, we would maybe not have as much in information as we typically would uh, when making our decisions. Uh, but I think, like you said earlier, we can still talk about what type of players maybe we would be looking to base our entries around. Um, and, and so I think we can kind of guess at what type of course this is. It is on a ball golf course. So what players, Jed, do you think you would be looking at in terms of maybe people who are going to score uh, really high or really well? Sorry. Of course, um, the first thing that obviously comes to your mind is all of the big bombers. Um, however, I, I don't think it's going to be that simple. Um, I don't think golf generally really ever is. Um, I think we can say that by looking at Ezra's uh, non-success, maybe. Um, I know he, he did, did well, well at the Las Vegas Challenge. And he also plays top 10 at Ma uh, Masters Cup this past weekend. I guess maybe I'm a little salty. But I would go with the more conservative guys, the guys who have the great combination of everything. It's going to be your obvious plays like Ricky Wysocki, uh, like Paul McBeth, like Eagle McMahon. Um, it, 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 to me, it kind of rings the... Calvin Heinberg's this is like an OTB open type of um style am I wrong in saying that Nas no I think that's probably pretty close to being on I heard there's probably going to be less rollers uh than that o than that OTB so maybe someone like Eagle who you would give a huge advantage because you know he's got great rollers um but really when it comes to the daily fantasy stuff it doesn't come down to who can just shoot the best score or who's going to win the tournament this is not what that show's about uh, we would be looking at who are maybe the more players who they give a line to that we think is does not represent their dis their disc golf skill. Who might be maybe an example of that type of player? Let's talk about because we know Ricky and Paul and Eagle are going to be up there with their lines close to at least two digits under par. So I think par for this course. I need to pull it up in a second, uh, but it's pretty high and it's one of the longest courses that they've had on tour this year so far. Um, so I don't have it in front of me. So who Jed? Who would you? I guess. Who would be the type of player you would look for? Not who's necessarily going to shoot the best round, but might be underrated in this style of course, or players that maybe in the past few weeks that we've been playing have been uh, underrated and worth playing and putting your entries uh, or building your entries around them. So the first week I, I started um, playing uh, on prize picks here was at the OTB Open. Um, and at the OTB Open, since we are comparing uh, that style, um, for us it was Kyle Klein at the time. Um, we know he's got the big arm, uh, just like the guys we mentioned before, like uh, Ricky, um, Eagle, and Paul. And the dude is a cash money putter, can play forehand and backhand. Um, so for us at the time, it was Kyle Klein. Uh, he was significantly uh, projected by prize picks to do worse uh, than those guys. And we know on any given day, uh, Calvin, or, um, excuse me, Kyle Klein is a stud. So. Uh, like we had said before, you have the, you have to choose an over or an under. So we're looking at who we expect to um, outperform their expectations, who we expect to underperform their expectations based on Prize Picks projections. So would would Kyle be a player you you might be looking to build an entry around? If Kyle Klein's um, projection 
was significantly lower than some of the guys we've mentioned, then definitely. Um, so I would probably stack Kyle Klein. Um, stack meaning have multiple entries with him in it. Um, go, going for that under, assuming that they're not projecting him to do that well. Um, and, you know, building uh, entries around that, you know. Like, do if they have Paul McBeth projected to shoot seven strokes better than Kyle Klein, maybe that's when you pick the under on Kyle Klein and the over on Paul McBeth. Um, and, of course, there are two styles of entries you can make. Um, those are our power plays and our flex plays. The flex play is a little bit safer. Um, you can win double your money if you get them both right. If you win just one of them, you get half your money half back. Your money. So when when the times you would want to pick your flex plays over the power plays would be on weeks of high variance. Um, for example, the Masters Cup. Um, so when you're practicing good bankroll management, you'd probably play less money on a high variance week and you'd probably do more flex plays than power plays. So this does bring us to the power play. Nas, what is the power play? The power play. The power play is how you um, make a little bit more cash, I think. So for example, the most common one that I play is a three player po uh, power play. And if, in our, if our example is using Kyle Klein from a couple weeks ago, uh, I, we both thought that his score was ridiculously high and that he would shoot way below his score. So we picked him. And then we also picked someone else, or we picked him to go under his score, and then picked maybe some pros who weren't playing so well. I think it was Kevin Jones. I needed him to shoot. You know, he was not playing great that weekend, and his line was still reflecting him playing pretty great. So I chose him on the over his score, and then another player that I sh thought for sure would shoot over their projected score. Uh, and so I made a flex play and a power play. The power play, if you hit all of them, uh, you get triple to five times to more times your money back, depending on how many picks you do with three i believe you get five times your money if you get all three of your picks correct but if you miss any of them you get nothing so i usually make my power plays really small bets like for example let's say it's five dollars uh then i would get back fifteen dollars on that three person power play but if you miss one of them you get nothing so the flex play like you said i'd probably put more into my flex knowing it's a little bit safer uh put less into my power play knowing that it could pay out and be really nice but if you miss one thing, you don't get anything. Taking a look at our picks from last week, I know I got whooped the whole weekend. Um, Nas, how'd you do? Oh, similar story, similar story. Well, you know, recently we both, or maybe you didn't, but I took all of my winnings above a hundred dollars and cashed out so i am playing i was playing with exactly 100 and i made three bets throughout the weekend my first one was a two-pick flex where i picked uh yuli to go over his fantasy score of 67 and a half which i believe oh now i don't remember what par was well there's 24 holes times three and i think it was two par fours it's like par 74 maybe yep and so they were saying, you know, is Paul going to shoot better than a 7 or an 8 down? I thought definitely no. I hit that because he shot a 72. And then I took Drew Gibson on the under. Drew Gibson ended up shooting a great round, I think finishing top 5 at Masters Cup. They had him at a 67, so just a half stroke better than Yuli. Uh, and so I took him at the under with a 63. And that was a 2-pick flex, a $5 entry that won $10. Then the next day came and I got a little cocky. So here comes the next day. I'm thinking I'm smarter than the man. I choose Drew Gibson again. Drew Gibson on the under with his 67. 
he shoots a 67. And Thomas Gilbert, I thought for sure his 68, he would shoot o- he would shoot over his 68 because he had not shot great the round before. He shot a 66, so I missed both of those. And then my, my final play of that day was a two-pick power in which I hit one of the two. So, like I said earlier, I didn't get anything, but I did hit one of my scores. Jer- uh, Jeremy Colling, big germ. They had him at a 68. He scored at a 69. I took the over and got that. And then, but I missed Conrad, who I thought would shoot under a 66 and a half, and he shot a 71. So for the weekend, let's see, minus 13. I lost $3 on the weekend. I missed an $8 bet, a $5 bet, and then hit a $10. Lost only $3. How sweet, because I know I lost way more than that. I also had James Conrad um, on that under in my three-pick power. Of course, he missed it. Kyle Klein missed his under by half a stroke that pick, and I picked Thomas Gilbert as well um, to go over. I did terrible. Um, but I'm starting over um, my bankroll. We're starting with $100 here. We're going we're gonna to track that on the pod here, and we'll see how we do. So um, for fun and transparency, uh, we're going to take $100 each. We're going to try and manage our bankrolls, and it's boom or bust. We either run it up, through the whole season until God knows when or we bust. And we all know that bust really means buy back in. Yes, 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 it does. I know I'm on my re- my first rebuy. We also want to talk about things other than daily fantasy disc golf for weeks such as this one where we maybe don't have lines to play. We would love to still talk about what's going on in disc golf news, disc golf, social media, uh, what some of the main storylines are. So, Jed, what do you think this week, this week leading up to the Portland Open, are some of our kind of uh, things going on in the disc golf world? Well, outside of talking about the course and, you know, maybe being a ball golf course, um, we already mentioned some of that stuff before. Just some fun things that I'm seeing. I've seen that um, Paige Pierce just turned 30. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So Paige uh, celebrated her 30th birthday with uh, some of her closest friends, I believe uh, Alyssa and Nate Perkins. I seen that they actually had a party uh, for her, too. It looked like all the disc golfers were there. I literally mean everybody. Well, she is our champion and one of the best representatives we have of our sport. So happy birthday to Paige Pierce. Another thing I saw, Jed, in the past week or so, between pros calling De La Viega janky, uh, Ezra and some of his videos calling De La janky, and uh, multiple times, by the way. And then Paul today on Instagram complaining about this Glendover course being a ball golf course. Why play on a golf course fairway and call it disc golf or something was his Instagram post. So uh, we got some players that maybe are not always happy with the courses for various reasons, whether some seem to not like public park courses. Some seem some are too big and wide open and easy. Some have too much artificial OB. Some are too janky or gimmicky, like De La, as some say. Ball golf courses. My question might be is, what are the courses that pros actually like? Um, And unfortunately, I think this weekend we would have seen one of the courses that all pros I've heard unanimously love, which is Milo. But as we talked about earlier, Milo is not being played uh, as Beaver State Fling or the Portland Open this year. So my question to you is, what is that? perfect happy middle type of course where all pros either like unanimously love like i feel like you hear about that from um, european open as well yeah i would agree with that 
what kind of timeline are we looking at until we where all of our pro tour events all of our nts when we're playing at courses that we all that can be unanimously i mean you're never gonna have unanimous but why is it that we're behind right now and how long until we can dig out of that well i think that we're definitely in a huge growing time and in disc golf. And I know we've been saying that for years. We've always felt like it's been growing fast, but this year everyone can agree that it's growing a lot faster. And I think so the amount of eyes that are on the sport have grown and people are wondering, or some, like I saw a post today in my Slack group that so, uh, that someone thought that De La was quote janky or quote, not a great course because you know, that it looks gimmicky that you hit a tree and you skip a hundred feet down a hill. Okay. Maybe I can see parts of De La not being great, I think it's part of the course, and I think it's even so much more rewarding when you see Adam ha- uh, Hammis flip a zone or a breaker through a gap of a tight, wooded uphill forehand hole, and he makes it, and it's perfect. It makes me appreciate those shots that much more. Um, but I think there are those courses that exist, but they're not always necessarily set up in a way that historically are part of the tour. And I do want to make sure that we talk about the distinction between NTs and PDGA events versus the DGPT. Those are separate things as far as the Disc Golf Pro Tour is different than the National Tour. And this weekend is a Disc Golf Pro Tour event. This is a Pro Tour event, not a National Tour. Uh, So I think that, one, we need maybe, I don't know, maybe if there was some way someone who wanted to make a tour of making sure to hit those courses. But I think courses like uh, Idlewild is one that people really love. Fox Run in Vermont is one that people really love. I think people like uh, the DDO, formerly the Glass Blown Open, even though it's pretty open and ball golfy at times. Uh, I think that's a course that people like. I think people like to play at ooh, Michigan Toboggan uh, when that course is in. So I think those are some examples of courses that people really like. Uh, W.R. Jackson down at the Disc Golf Center in Appling, Georgia. If you look up an, an, the Hall of Fame classics that go on there, watching those pros play uh, W.R. Jackson, these long wooded par fours really is satisfying to watch and i agree with some of the pros of like yeah you don't want your pros playing their lead card round at a public park and there's cars going by and someone walking their dog or something that doesn't that doesn't have that professional look on the other hand part of me is like come on guys like just just play the course you don't have to complain to social media every time there's a course you don't like I don't know what 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 do you think about that like well so my question is is it worth complaining i guess is it worth complaining about for it to like well those are all legitimate complaints so what's our barrier why is it lack of money and resources i mean because those are that's all that's 100 percent legitimate why is it that we have cars going by at these prestigious events what if there was the u-disc tour where the whole tour is just they take like the highest rated most beautiful courses and they build a tour based on that i mean based on just the best courses like because the master's cup the reason we have the Masters Cup at De La is because that's where it's been historically, not because it's the best course. So, in so we just need more private land. Is that the answer? Yes, we need more courses because a lot of our courses, think about any course, Jed, that's built pre-2008 public parks. Eight, yeah, is a, a public park. And in, the holes are shorter because the game, of course, was different in the late 90s when the majority of so, some of these park courses were created. You know, a, a rocker, T-Bird may have been your fastest disc, so they're all... You know, a 400-foot hole was huge then. Now we're looking at pros that they want to play 700, 800-foot holes and have them be par That's par fours. threes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, rolling up to the basket. So, uh, yeah, I think that the sport is just growing so quickly. 
and the need for courses has grown so quickly. Professional designed courses, which is why guys like Avery Jenkins and some of these other guys who design courses can really make a living uh, because courses are popping up and we and people and players want really good courses. The future of disc golf is pay to play, not free public parks. So if you're thinking you're going to get a sweet public park course put in sometime soon, probably not. So that's what we've seen this week on social media, the buzz around disc golf this week going into this tournament. But enough on courses. Let's get right to it. Nas, who do you think is going to win this week? Well, now more than ever, that is getting extremely hard to predict. So uh, I think I'm going to tell you who I think is going, maybe a group of guys I think are going to do well. Of course, um, I think at the top of my list, of course, is Rick. He's been playing well, save for last week, which he kind of putted inconsistently by Ricky Wysocki standards. But I think Ricky, Calvin, Drew, Eagle, those guys do good at this course or these style of courses every time. This is not just this week, but these guys are, you know, these are our these are our big guys. I think all, all those guys are going to do really well. I'm excited to see Simon get kind of back at it. I think he took last week in the Masters Cup off. Other players to maybe look out for. Nico Lacastro's kind of having a really quietly sneaky great season. I think top seven or some so in points. Uh, and he's had a win already and some really high finishes. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with my five V Ricky, Calvin, Eagle, Nico, Macbeth. I mean those are those are five names I feel pretty good about. Jed, what do you think? My top five is relatively similar, however, I'm gonna throw out a name. Let's say right now this guy is going to finish at least fifth. A name who has arguably had one of the best, outside of maybe Ricky, the, the best season, despite having zero wins. He's probably had the best zero win season so far out of any player. Um, and he's played consistently well at the big thrower courses. Uh, my sneaky dark horse uh, pick of the week is going to be Gavin Rathbun. Um, I like that. Yeah, I think that's a good pick. Yeah, obviously, I, give me Eagle. Obviously, give me Calvin. Give me Ricky, uh, Gavin. Throw anybody else you want in there in that top five. It's uh, easy I to forget Calvin about Klein Adam Hammes, well. Kyle Klein, Drew Gibson. These are guys that can all score really well at a course like this. All right, Nasdog, take us through the women's side. Who do you got there? All right, our FPO field. We're seeing uh, some of the common names that we see at these tournaments, but also some new names and some locals here. So. I would say we're probably both in agreement that Paige, Kat, and Kona probably have, and Haley, have big advantages here because of their arms. They typically outdrive the rest of the field. But uh, someone I'm looking forward to watching, of course, is one of our local pros here in Southern Oregon, Amy Lewis. Oh, bless you. Uh, and I think, like you said before, Kona could be, if, if she's on, she's on. She has a shot to win this thing. If Kona's putting game is not on, I think she's, going to be a little bit you know fourth fifth sixth place but uh for me it's been i've really enjoyed watching Haley king all year just her backhand is so smooth the way she puts is so so smooth and i think her style just kind of fits a, a ball golf course of course Haley smooth Haley is Haley smooth Haley king is very smooth very high ceiling but you didn't give me a winner give me Paige pierce over Haley king this week Paige, to me, is on a different playing field. Haley, I don't remember. It was the third course. It was the one that everybody criticized as being really easy. 
that page tore up for the U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championship. Haley King kind of had a meltdown in that course. Uh, You're not I, lying. I don't know if she's going to be able to keep up with Paige. It is still an extreme amount of pressure uh, for somebody her age to, you know, she knows her ceiling. Pa- even Paige knows her ceiling. I'm sure Paige is afraid of her ceiling. Everybody knows how good Haley King can be. But Paige is just on a different level right now ever since that um, trip back home to Hawaii or where's her new home. Uh, I believe. Is that right? Is that her new home? I'm not sure about that. I think she's looking for it to be her home in the future. But yeah, you're right. Ever since she came back from vacation, seems like kind of a much needed break. She's been crushing. And like you said, yeah, Haley had that little bit of a melt meltdown. But I think you're right. I mean, I think Paige, of course, has got to be your number one to win it. But in terms of maybe looking for something more exciting or some players who might shoot well, uh, I think it's been really fun to watch Ella Hansen from from Eugene, Oregon play. Uh, the former ultimate player, she just she can crush a disc. She took third. Yeah, not yeah. Women's women's disc golf championship. That's right, she did. And this she's only been playing for about a year and a half. This this game, so you know, I don't think she's gonna go out there and beat Paige, but I think she's gonna go out there and put up some really impressive scores. And I think we're gonna see her name towards the top from now on. Um, if she can keep her putting consistent, there's no reason why she can't score well at these events. I think I seen that her nickname was. Ella one throw Hanson. Yeah, I think that comes from ultimate. Like oh, when you yeah. throw the, probably I assume so across the field. Is that it? Yeah, just the one throw down there. I think so. Hail Mary, Mary, real quick or something. Leave us a comment. Tell us if that's correct or <laughs> not. Tell us what Ella one throw Hanson means if you got the inside scoop. Again, and like we, I said earlier, I wanted to shout out Amy Lewis. That's what I was about to say. Sponsored by AGL Discs. Uh, and also, what's going to be really cool about this tournament, Jed, is that uh, our good friend Cam, who is a uh, Yes. The brains over at B Dub Productions or B Dub Pro on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. He's going to be recording. Like, follow, subscribe. Uh, a card with Amy Lewis and uh, a couple others. Own Scoggins. Own Scoggins. Who else? Who Missy Gannon. Missy Gannon. And another name that I just found on Instagram this week. I believe she's sponsored by Innova. I could be butchering this, but I think she's an Innova sponsored pro. Uh, it's a new name that I have just started recognizing. I don't remember, so forgive us, but you'll see it. Go watch B-Dub Pro for the post round. Um, they are one of only two production crews, film crews, GK filming Pro's the women this the weekend. Card. So B-Dub Pro will have the chase card of the FPO. So we might see, you know, so let's let's maybe pick who are we going to see on those cards on the final round, Jed, who are going to be our chase card and lead card maybe that's the more fun thing to do with fpo so fpo i think we're not going to see a ton of surprises we're just going to see what we said i don't think you're going to find those sneaky guys that you forget to talk about like adam hammes come out and shred for the women it's going to be pretty predictable look for Paige, katrina kona to sneak into the top four in my opinion ella will try um there's a couple ladies that are capable of having pretty hot rounds Haley king Haley king of course well, that's five. So when we're looking at maybe three other names on on here, some common ones, Jessica Weiss, uh, she can she can play well any weekend. Maybe someone else who might be a little bit sneaky, Juliana Corver, who is over forty years old playing FPO oh and weekly she has been competing within the top five with all of these women. And this so is her first season back. Her first season back in a while. She's been busy being a flying disc champion she she used to participate and i think still does in the all disc sports where it's maximum time aloft it's freestyle it's disc golf it's all of those and she's a multiple time world champion of that so juliana corver famous for J- her youth jk valks 
and JK AVR is named after her for a reason, and she has been playing great. I would love to see her on a chase card the final day. Um, that could be a lot of fun. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Make sure if you're listening to check us out on all of our socials. Jad, do you want to hit us with those plugs real quick? Of course. Those are all at Hitting the Line Podcast. That's Twitter. Instagram is coming. That's YouTube. At Hitting the Line Podcast. You can even find us. Uh, you can email us questions if you want. Have fun with us. Interact at Hitting the Line Podcast at gmail.com. We'll see you guys next week.